everyone, I'm Dylan Pescatore, and we are back here for another episode of Beyond the Whistle. It's episode 19, and today we're going to talk all about the MLB situation on how they're going to start their season, hopefully. And I have some new guests with us today. It's Austin Platt. You've seen him before. And Nick from Big Ends Gaming on YouTube. Go give him a follow. Guys, thank you for joining me today. No problem. No problem. Well, we've been watching the KBO at 5.30 a.m., but that really can't scratch the edge of Major League Baseball here in the USA. The players and the owners are currently disagreeing between what can you think of money. It's been the issue for the last two, three months, and now they're trying to create an agreement. And we'll see if they can so they can have a season this year. You know, we've seen the NBA and the NHL try to get back and Luckily for them, they're in, they're in season, so they don't have to worry about starting a season with money. Austin, what's your idea on uh, this entire situation? You know, the players and the owners obviously are having a disagreement, but both guys have to realize that they got to give a little to get a little. 50% on uh, the players have to agree that they can only really make 50% of their salary because most likely it's going to be an 82 game season lasting just three months. So there's no way the players should be making any more than, more than that. But by the same token, the owners shouldn't be making as much as the players since the players are the ones that are, you know, going out there and risking their health. So got to give a little to get a little 50% is what the players should earn. And the owners a little bit less than that. And Nick, what's your take on this? Now, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but in my notes here, I say owners are rich morons, and I'm sure plenty of them are nice guys, but a lot of the times, these owners are just doing anything for the money when it's the players who really deserve a lot of the money. Now, pay the players what they deserve. The owners, I get it. They keep, they, they want to make the money they deserve, but just cutting the salaries to 50%. Players sign contracts for a reason. They sign it to get an agreement and they agreed to get a certain amount of money. Now I get it. They're playing half the games, but players like I'm pretty sure Pete Alonso said something about how he isn't even getting like any money from the league or a li- like a small portion. He is an example of a superstar who is incredibly young has a really small salary, who needs his full year salary. If he's getting half of the money that he would normally get, he, he, he might be in a tough financial situation. And a lot of these players, you get, I, I get it. Players like Anthony Rendon, who is set to make $35 million a year or something crazy like that, he'll be completely fine with 17.5. But a lot of the guys who aren't making that much money, who are good, like Pete Alonso, who are younger guys, they need their full contract. And I don't understand why the owners can't just agree to that. I get it. They're playing half the games. But it just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Well, the players need to realize is that, number one, no one expected this pandemic to come about. So then they create an agreement and they sign for 50% of their money because they're going to play 82 games or so. 80, 82 games, right? But the owners are in a tough spot because, yes, they're rich. Yes, they have a big bank account. But they're getting 40 to 35 to 40% of their income that they'd usually get through this season. You think of how teams make money. It's through ticket sales, through concessions, through merchandise at the stadium. That's not going to happen this year. There's not going to be baseball with fans. It's just not going to happen. So what they're going to get money from this year is TV ratings and TV ratings only because you're not making money anywhere else. 
And yes, a lot of people are going to watch. It's sports, it's live sports and TV, and you're going to get more fans, which is another reason why this season has to happen. But the players need to realize that, yes, they can't make out as much as they can, all right? You can't pay Garrett Cole $35 million this year. You can't pay all these big guys as much as they can because the owners just don't have that money. They set this contract, they set their payroll on how much income they get every year. They're, not gonna, they're only getting 40% of their income. So if maybe 50%, even if the owners can't take 50% of their payroll, I mean, the Yankees, they have a $220 million payroll plus. They can't, they're not making $220 million at all. Plus, they have other things. And then you talk about the smaller players with smaller salaries, a Judge and Alonzo, new up-and-coming players, and Acuna, who haven't gotten their big break yet. Yes, it's tough for them, but they're making so much money on endorsements. You see Aaron Judge's face everywhere. You see people are still going to buy his merchandise on, uh, online, from MLB.com, from Fanatics, anywhere like that. So he's still going to make a good amount of money from that. The issue is that the players on the low side of the salary who aren't too good, a bench player on the Braves, a bench player on the Milwaukee Brewers. He's not making any money without his salary. So it's tough for them, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, hopefully, with this pandemic. So hopefully they can come to an, an agreement. I do think that the players need to really back off and really realize that there needs to be a season, number one, for MLB to continue, okay? If you don't have a season, no money comes into the league. It's just, the league can't roll like that. You can't have a year where, where there's no money coming into the league. Just the MLB would be in a very tough spot financially overall. The players, there, there's no players without a league, okay? So that's not going to help at all. And really the players need to back off. I'd say they take maybe 35, 40% of their salary. And then you start over next year. A new CBA comes in next year. And you can come in and make all your money. It's just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It sucks for everybody. And they have to back off a little bit. Speaking of a player who came out and sounded off on his argument in this situation is Blake Snell, the Rays starting pitcher, says that the risk is too high and the money is going to make us too low, which some people agreed with, some people didn't. But Austin, what was your idea on what he said in his comments? I mean, this is the man who is an absolute clown here. And yes, we talked about there are a lot of guys who are making, you know, a lot of money. There's some guys who aren't making as much. And obviously pitchers, most of them don't make as much as players. You only pitch one out of five days. But this guy signed a five-year, $50 million contract last spring. So money really shouldn't be so much of a concern. You're still going to make $5 million. That should get you through without a problem. Plus, he's a starting pitcher. He's only pitching one out of five days. I mean, he's rather going to make $5 million than zero, than stay at home and do nothing. And maybe, you know, he's on Twitch, so maybe make some money there. But no one's going to give up $5 million in their right mind. I think, you know, he just wanted to sound off and maybe let the other players give them a reason, maybe think about this a little bit more because all the players want to be back on a field. But there is that health risk that goes along with it. But I think it was just kind of a, a one and done. Maybe he was just might regret that. But I think it was just sounding off and maybe just doesn't feel like playing. And Austin, what do you think about him saying that he's risking his life? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a scientist or anything. I haven't looked at the numbers that much. But if you're under 60 years old and you don't have an underlying health condition, then you're pretty much going to be fine. You wash your hands. You're going to do the right thing. You got to do it. You're not going to get the virus. And even if you do, it's just going to be like the flu. You're not going to die or anything like that. So, I mean, he's going, he's kind of overshooting this a little bit. But there is a risk all in all. You are going to be around your teammates. But, I mean, he's overshooting, exaggerating a lot. And, Nick, what do you think of what Blake said? Now, all right, in Blake's example, 
I wouldn't do what he was saying. But for examples of guys like what I said earlier, Pete Alonso, if I was Pete Alonso, or maybe not Pete Alonso, but like guys who aren't making as much money, I would, I don't know. I just feel like some people could really consider that, consider what Blake's saying now. I get it. For Blake's example, he probably shouldn't because he has a nice contract. But I don't know. Let's just let's just say someone their career could be over or someone gets really sick. Like what if one of these players actually has a, like a health condition that they've had? Then what are they going to do? Just risk getting like seriously seriously I wouldn't say injured, but unhealthy. I I feel like I sort of agree with what he's saying, and I sort of don't. There's there's two sides of the story. There's the Mike Trouts, and then the the bench players. It's just I don't know. I I would be kind of hesitant. I, I I don't think that what he's saying is completely ignorant. I get what he's saying, and I feel like some players should do that, and some shouldn't. But just the whole the whole situation is kind of a disaster if you just talk about all the money i, I feel like something that sort of come to my mind as we are doing this is i wouldn't say 50% now maybe actually maybe if if you're cutting 50% for this season and you're paying them back for the rest of their contract like let's say Blake Snell, 50 years, or not 50 years, 50, five years, 50 million. Let's, I don't know if this is his first or second year, whatever. Let's just say this is his first year in the contract. So that means annually it's 10, 10 million a year. And you're cutting that by 50% just for this year. So he'll make 5 million. You split that other 5 million in the other four years. So that would be 1.25 million you add that to each of the other four years or maybe maybe backloaded depending on what the situation is front loaded or backloaded on those four years i i just don't really find the risk for certain people like for certain people for one category of the player and one and the other category like one side you shouldn't do it one side you should it's just it's just it's it's a disaster in my it, opinion it's definitely a mess and you know Snell yeah. says he's risking his life, and I, I know there's going to be some players with some underlying health conditions, and maybe the MLB finds a situation they have a program where they don't have to play because that's just not going to happen. They can't play if they're risking – they're actually risking their lives. We don't know if Blake Snell's an underlying health condition. Uh, we hope not. But for these players who do have the condition, they, they're going to be able to stay home. The MLB has enough money where they can pay them on a certain basis and make sure that they have a living, you know, protect the players – but what Snell says is a little bit – it's a little bit off the grid for me because, you know, he is making $10 million a year. He's a starting pitcher. And really, he's not going to start 35 games this year. That's just not going to happen. He's going to start 16 games, 80 divided by 5, 16. I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, so he's going to start 16 games, he's, hopefully, if he doesn't get hurt. And he just – you can't pay a guy $10 million a year he's starting 16 games, and it's a pandemic situation. It's just not going to happen. And really, if a player is concerned about his health, like Blake Snell is, and he's saying that, oh, the money isn't there. So if you have these health conditions with the virus, if you're making $1,000 versus if you're making $500,000, you'd rather go to make $500,000. It's like 
the money versus the risk is not just adding up in my mind. I don't think he really thought that through. So another player that sounded off on how this MLB season could happen is Bryce Harper, one of the biggest faces in the game. When you think MLB, you think Bryce Harper, a man who's making $330 million for the next 13 years. And his proposal, he posted this on Instagram, is that he wanted an East and West conference like the NBA. He wanted to go through July, August, September, October, and then half of November and get 135 games, which is really, and no one really heard of that number, but he has a plan on how to get to that number of games. He's going to have an off day every two weeks on a Monday and a Sunday. And on Sundays, they're going to have a doubleheader for seven innings, which can help teams maybe like the Mets, who don't really have a bullpen. He's going to have a 30-player roster, six-man rotation, depending on how teams want to roll. And then in playoffs would be in late November, hopefully in a dome, because I don't think you're going to play in a cold uh, – situation in November that's just not going to happen and then he has some playoff uh, implications of three game series for teams that get in 10 teams get in and then you go back to that game of game seven of the world series and then you add in the all-star game and the home run derby in there as well at the end of the season so Austin a lot of things to unpack in this proposed proposal by Bryce Harper what'd you think I think this is actually not bad. There are bits and pieces here that I would take from this. Now, we don't know what the divisions are going to look like yet. There have been rumors of a lot of things totally revamping the divisions where essentially you're playing the teams that are closest to your spring training homes. We heard the rumor, and I assume this is – I bet this is the one that's going to go through where you essentially combine the AL East and the NL East and you put them together and you get three divisions so that you're really traveling the least. And that really would mean that you're really only playing the teams in your division. Those are going to be close to 75% of your games. But, you know, playing in November is ridiculous. You're going to be playing at your home stadiums. I mean, the plan is to play with just no fans in home stadiums. Playing in November in the regular season in plenty of places, Minnesota, where it's freezing, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see people thinking that this is going to be the best way to do it. I like the seven-inning games. You know, I think there is a way you can kind of make up for those games. Let's just say the divisions stay the same and there are those six divisions. You play teams in your division, what, six times a year, three at home, three on the road. You can make those games up, play those seven-inning doubleheaders, and obviously you're still going to play teams that aren't in your division. So you can maybe add a game and maybe play two games at home in your home stadium, and you can play away games in your home stadium. There's no fans. It's not going to make a difference. Obviously, several years ago, we saw the Baltimore riots, where obviously the Orioles played a couple games at their home stadium with no fans. And I'm pretty sure they played actually in Tampa Bay, not even against the Rays, as um, for a couple home games as that mess in Baltimore got fixed up. But I really think there are ways you can get around this. I actually, of all years, you know, I hated the new playoff proposal by Manfred, but I think you're going to, you should go into that. I don't like the double elimination college world series. I don't love that. Obviously there's so many more college teams and that's a different story, but I think try the new format, you know, best team gets that by, you get that three game, you know, extra wild card round where um, the teams get to choose one another And uh, I like, you know, maybe at the end doing it how the Pro Bowl does it, where you do the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby before the World Series and give those guys a break. But playing in November for the regular season, you're going to only screw up the next couple of years. And obviously, I want to see as much normalcy as possible going forward. So, you know, bits and pieces here and there. I like some. I hate some. You know, I'm glad people are talking about it and it's on their minds because it's obviously very important. It's their life. I mean, it's not something we see usual. We see the NBA players, the NFL players on social media voicing their concerns. And now Bryce Harper, face of the MLB, comes out and he has his proposal and he's making people talk about the league, which is awesome. 
135 games is a lot, Nick. Do you think that's attainable? All right. Some parts of what he's saying are really good, and some are really bad. Now, 135 games, I get why he would say that, because as a player, you want to get as many games in as you want. That's what they love doing. They love playing baseball. So I understand why he would want 135 games, but that's just unrealistic at this point. 82 games seems legit because you're cutting the season from six months into three months. That's half. It's just math. And you have three months, which is around like 90 days for 82 games. That's just normal, normal, like that's just normal MLB, normal MLB schedule. I don't really know how you work in the all-star game and the home run derby. I'm not really concerned about that. So I, I didn't really think about that. That's not necessary. I, I wouldn't mind them having it, but if, if they don't have to, if this schedule works out without it, I wouldn't be too mad. Uh, what I would do is I would have the AL and the NL each in their own locations, no interleague play. So they aren't traveling. They're staying in one location the entire season. You have the AL and the NL maybe divisions in between just for scheduling. So maybe you're still playing your division more than the other, but I think it would just be simpler if you just played, I don't know, you just played everyone equally. There's no divisions. There's just the AL and the NL. You'd play everyone equally in your league. And then just the top, I, see, I, I, I'm not sure if they should still do five teams or whatever. I'm not sure about that, but just let's say it's, it's five teams in each league, like the normal playoffs. You take the top five teams. You don't have a 83 win division winner make the playoffs. You have just the five single best teams from each league making the playoffs and just doing the normal bracket. Maybe, or honestly, you probably wouldn't have to shorten the playoffs anyway, because it's just right when October starts and it in this plan, just be the normal playoffs. And then for the world series, maybe do it in a neutral site between the two. Cause I don't think you should be traveling back and forth, especially if it's a seven game series, that's at least three flights. And I don't think the players would want that. So maybe just in a neutral site between the two, it doesn't really even matter because there's no fans. So maybe one league would go to the other or one league would go like the AL would go to the NL stadium and the NL would go to the, a. it's whatever. I just feel like, 135 games, way too much. The College World Series playoff format, no, I no. Um, I I just like what I said there, and I feel like that that would honestly, in my opinion, be the best situation. I mean, something they have to figure out first is: Are the teams going to play in their home stadiums? Are they going to play in their spring training parks? Are they going to do this hub situation where they're having the NL in Arizona and the AL in Florida play in there? And then you got to figure out. Should you do a league like the East and the West? Should you have the Yankees playing the um, athletics the same amount of time they play the Orioles? It's an interesting situation. And with 82 games, there's not much to play around with. So you can go top five. You can go division winners for playoffs. It's going to be an interesting situation and a lot of things that the MLB has to hammer down before they start off this season. Our next topic is going to be Bryce Harper's former teammate, uh, Doolittle, from the World Series champion Nationals. Sean Doodle, he's in favor for, for the season. So he's part of the MLBPA. He's a representative for the Nationals. 
And he's bringing up all these different topics where you talk about the players, you talk about the umpires, the coaches who might be in that 60 or underlying health condition range. And then you talk about the most important uh, part of MLB getting out there. It's going to be the TV crews, the media, and all their personnel. We've seen the KBO have some press conferences in the stands where the media stands 10 feet away from a coach with a mask on. It's going to be an interesting situation. There's a lot of things that's got to go down. Uh, but the media has to figure this out. MLB has to figure this out. And it's going to be an interesting situation. Platt, let's go over to you. What are your thoughts on Doolittle's comments? I actually like this comments. I think, you know, safety first, obviously, every scenario, but especially here, has to take precedent. And if you're MLB, you have to be very, very cautious and take it one game at a time. I know Rob Manfred isn't the most loved commissioner, especially by us Yankee fans, given what he did for the Astros and their slap on the wrist. But he really can't screw this up at all, or else the MLB could be gone forever, you know, given the potential debts if there wasn't a season that's around, what, $4 billion if they don't have a season at all. Or the season could be called off halfway through if, you know, there's a spike in some of these teams. Look, I've been watching a lot of, you know, Korean baseball. I'm going to have to say I've been getting up at 5.30 more times than I should. And they have daily testing involving a swab into the back of the mouth and up the nose. And I really haven't heard of major problems. I think the MLB should just straight up follow that. Yeah, the death rate is obviously much higher in the U.S. So I think you have to limit the number of guys in the dugouts. If you're MLB, you have to say that if you're a starting pitcher that's not starting, and this would help Blake Snell a lot, stay home. If you're on the injured list, stay home. Stay in the hotel for these games, and only you can only practice with the team until you're ready to get back for game action. And if you're not in the lineup, stay in the clubhouse. I mean, there's no point. Guys can just say, swing a bat, you know, get ready. Kind of like doing what Tish did to you sometimes, say, swing a bat and get ready. Absolutely hit a moonshot over, over all the outfielders. But MLB has to be strict here and avoid interaction at all costs. You can't screw this up by any means. And you have to make sure that there aren't spikes. Guys are going to get the virus. I think that's just going to happen. That's just inevitable. But – you have to be cautious, and you have to get it right. And it's an interesting situation. You know, you have so many just things that you have to hammer down before this season really starts off. Nick, what were your thoughts on Doolittle's comments? All right, well, I'm back because my Wi-Fi is being incredibly annoying right now, so I'm back. Um, so basically with this whole situation, you have to do whatever you need to do to make safety first. Safety the player's safety is the number one priority for this entire situation. If there's something that isn't going to do the player that is going to benefit the MLB, but not make the player safe, you can't do it. So I would say weekly slash monthly tests that they're probably necessary. Uh, I, I like what, what Mr. Platt said about, limiting the dugouts now I think the roster should be a lot bigger I honestly wouldn't mind a 40-man roster your entire 40-man roster being in the major leagues just for this year I wouldn't really mind it but yeah for guys like for for pitchers that know aren't gonna pitch they need to stay out for hitters I don't think I I think what they should do is they should have like in the NBA they have sometimes players who are reserves and they they know they're not going to be able to play they have a designated amount of players who know that they're going to play maybe the manager every game designates reserves so they don't come so basically let's say 
you have you have a 40-man roster. You have 15 pitchers, 18 pitchers, and like 22 hitters. You do like a certain amount of pitchers and certain like certain pitch reserves. So maybe like I, I would say one starter and seven relievers. So you have eight pitchers that aren't reserves, and then the rest are, are reserves, and they don't come, and they stay at home. And then probably just nine hitters and five and five bench bats like normal, 14, and then the rest would be reserves, and they'd stay at home. I, I feel like that I – th- I think that would be a good idea, it, just in my opinion, having reserves. Now, I know in the M- – that's, like, completely different in the NBA because they still actually go to the games. They're just not suited up. But – I don't know. I think that could be a serious, a serious idea that the MLB should consider. And an idea that's been played around is should the players be in the dugout? Should they be in the stands? And my take is number one, you got to get daily testing. That's just going to happen. I mean, the, if the KBO can get daily testing, a, t- a league in the in US like MLB should definitely be able to get daily testing. Okay, you have to test your players daily. If they fail the test and they or have have the fever have the virus, then you go back to the hotel, you quarantine, and you figure out that out. But if all these players, they pass the test on one given day in the morning when they come to the stadium, why do they have to stay in the stands? I mean, if they're tested that they don't have the virus, they're at the stadium, yes, you could say that, let's say something in the stadium has the virus, then it travels around. But that's a very small situation. You're usually going to get the virus from someone else. And if all these people are tested and they tested negative for the virus, why do they have to move away from the dugout? Austin, what do you think? Well, I think that just the biggest thing is just, you know, the whole social distancing aspect. You know, you have to be cautious here. And, yes, obviously the numbers are going to show that guys in, you know, MLB who are between, you know, 20 and 35 years old aren't going to be as prone to getting the virus. But, I mean, this could really get screwed up. And many people are expecting there to be another spike in the fall. And, obviously, with MLB, that would cause a big problem given the fact that Guys are going to be with each other in the hotels as well. Teams can't control what guys do when, you know, they're not in stadiums playing. There are going to be no fans in the, sta- in the stadium anyway, so there's not going to be a lot of noise. So having extra guys in the dugout isn't going to make a difference. I do like actually what Nick said. You know, there was that rumor of that, like, 20 guys, like that whole bubble aspect where you get guys even maybe from AAA. Um, and if someone gets the virus, you can usually be swapped out. And I think the more guys on a roster is just better because um, it just gives more teams uh, more opportunities and more guys to sub in so that you you still have a full team, even if a couple guys, you know, have the virus in the end. For sure. It's an interesting situation. The MLB has to figure this out, and they only have about two, three weeks left until really players need to report to spring training 2.0, and then you have to have a season because less than 80 games would just be a joke and no one would take it seriously. I've been Dylan Pescatore here on Beyond the Whistle. I'm, I was joined by Austin Platt and Nick from Big Ends Gaming. Give him a follow on YouTube once again. Thank you guys for joining me. It's been episode 19 of Beyond the Whistle. Thank you, everyone.